one thing about Islam is, in, in, and I'll call it a secret, is repetitiveness. Yes. To just repeat. That is actually right? one of the asrar of Islam is that you know to keep keep praying every single day over and over and over, keep making doing the dhikr over and over and over and over. That you know, there's no one shot. Oh man, I I'm gonna just pray this one fajr so tight, Allah ain't got no choice but to just give me the keys to the heavens <laughs> Whoa, and the earth. I like, broke this one up, man. <laughs> like, you got to give it. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> but that that's I mean I think that's how some people think. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wal Aqibatul Mutaqeen Wa Sallallahu Wa Sallam Wa Baraka Ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Wa Ala Ali Wa Sahabi Ajma'een Imam Mark here with the Middle Ground Podcast For episode 2 I'll be joined again by brother Dawood Aleman In episode 2 we're going to discuss the term rizq an Arabic term a Quranic term that we can understand as provision and so in this episode we're going to understand what does provision mean what does wealth mean what do all these things mean for us as Muslims do we have to take a vow of poverty to renounce the world or perhaps does wealth mean something else? Inshallah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Stick around. And at the end, leave us some comments or some feedback. And let us also know some things you'd like to hear us discuss in the future, inshallah. Alright, I think we are... Uh we're live, we're good to go. Um, you know, when you, uh, in our last conversation, so we had talked about becoming Muslim, and in our conversation of, of, of developing some of the things to talk about for, for this episode, one of the things that kind of came to me was, okay, alhamdulillah, you've become Muslim, but don't expect for things to fall out the si- out the sky for you magically just because you are on a winning team, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, alhamdulillah, you've accepted Islam, now you're a Muslim, and you're going about your life as a Muslim. But that doesn't safeguard you, right, from the ups and downs of life, Mm-mm. right? That's the, 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 you know, no no amount of faith or devotion or dedication will safeguard a person from having to be tested in their faith, right? You cannot out-pray, out-worship, out-donate your way uh, from Allah still going to test you and, as we would say, stick it to you. It's just what's going to happen. And the proof is that, you know, the the NBA, the prophets, you know, alayhim salam ajma'in, they are the best of us, the most pious of us, the most devout of us, and yet actually we see in many of their lives that they they suffered tremendous yes. hardships, right? So just that as a preface as we start <clears throat> on this conversation about rizq, right, or provision being provided for, um, and that hopefully we can tease out an understanding of what it means to be provided for, 
And not that that precludes one from making dua to have one's sustenance increased, but there are some statements, you know, inside the deen that also will, you know, we are, you know, to, in simple terms, we are not the prosperity gospel, Mm-mm. right? <laughs> you know, we are not the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if, if if you're in it to obtain worldly things, then you might be sorely disappointed. Now, that being said, there is nothing wrong with a person uh, striving for uh, to make uh, a, a, a very uh, well-rewarded living, even just in simple terms, to be rich. There's nothing. Um, there's nothing evil about being rich. Man, I want to be rich. Yeah, I, give me, <laughs> give me the money. <laughs> give me the money, honey. You know, right? If I'm gonna have some problems, let me have some rich problems. <laughs> well, I tell you, and, and and here's the thing, you know, America. Uh, the times are getting tough globally. Yes. And so... Man, almost $7 gas. I saw it today in the L.A. area, man, almost $7 for gas. It's just the food prices... Groceries. You can hardly get one bag of groceries for under $100. Yeah, just forget about it. So, you know, the um, the concept here is how you, how are you going to weather through? So, you know, for many years it had, might have been individual pockets of people or... You might have felt alone, but now it's like we're all kind of in the same bag here, in the in the same situation. But but more particular, how are the believers going to weather through? You 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 know, you're going to be tested. One thing I default back to is um, I've always in even in my good times, you know, I've always contemplated the Sahaba. In, like we have this uh, rosy picture right after like Mecca is <laughs> opened, and you know like. Like it seems as though everything's unified now, and they were, no, the the Sahaba were still going through it. Things were still going on, or we can even say, you know, after the Prophet Sallallahu passing, yes, um, like okay, you know, the sun set, everything's good, you know, everything's set in place. No, not man, at all. It just got more, yes, <laughs> hectic, yes, right? Yes. And and we, in fact, seen, in many ways, that's a high water mark. I mean, right. Like the the upon the death and the demise of the Prophet Sallallahu like that's a high water mark for this Ummah of which everything after I don't think there can be any con- contest of, of this everything after is going to generally tilt downhill right right I, I just don't think that there's any way of getting around that so you know for the for the Muslims for the believers and for all people looking back in history and seeing. Um, how humanity has went through the ebb and flow of you name it war prosperity or disparity or you know scarcity however you want to look at it it's always been there it'll always be there it's how you cope and how you deal with it and the the blessing of part of the one of the blessings of this ummah is we have the mechanisms to weather through all situations if you put your work in, you know, and so tonight that's what we're trying to uh, flush out as we as we discussed here and bring out some of the ayah and some of the dua and and stories that we might share that can help people reflect on. And first and foremost, ourselves and then others. And uh, yeah, so so I don't know if you want to start with the ayah. First. Yeah. So I think, you know, certainly one of the verses, I think, in the Quran that is used uh, most often to 
demonstrate that making money or uh, uh, earning a good living in this life is that there's no contradiction between that as a generality and being a Muslim. So you have the verse in Surah Al-Qasas, verse uh, 77, where Allah says, <clears throat> That have ibtira, right? Have uh, uh, passion uh, and seek out the means by which Allah bestows upon you, right? Uh, the hereafter so I think the important thing is that uh, and we when we spoke on the phone earlier I think it's a beautiful thing and I'll, I'll eventually read out the ayah to mm. the end but uh, I think even a way to preface this is that Islam seems to be and I would say beyond seems it is the only religion to successfully defy secularism mm. in the secular age mm. Every other now that doesn't mean obviously there are Muslims who are very secularist and there is secular thought with uh, amongst Muslims, but the Quran is a document that absolutely resists. And when I say secularism, I want to say this by of course there are some things we we have our own definitions at least amongst our scholarly tradition, like masalih uh, mursala. Uh, like this is a technical term that was developed by the Usuliyin, uh, the, the 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 scholars of Usul al-Fiqh or the scholars of the foundational principles and knowledge of the religion, that came up that that said, look, there will inevitably be some things that the Quran will not talk about in specificity, sure. and so in lieu of that being a specific thing, uh, it might be on its uh, prima facie, on its surface level, it will be appear to be neutral. The Quran doesn't say yay, and the Quran doesn't say nay. Wow. But that thing can be determined to be a good thing, and so we can embrace it as Muslims. Mm-hmm. And this is what I mean by the Quran is a document that that resists secularization. So a simple example would be like traffic lights or speed bumps. Mm. There's nothing in the Quran that's going to tell you Hey, like you know, uh, in this particular area where there's a school, right. uh, there should be a speed limit of 25 miles an hour, and every uh, 800 feet there should be uh, a speed bump of uh, 27 centimeters, and la 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 la, like you know, or, uh, I mean, oh my God, I mean, look at what just happened in Libya, like mm. with the flooding. So if you think about it, city planning from a Muslim point of view, where you want to develop your city to be able to handle flooding. Like if you live in an area that you determine is like some type of floodplain or it'd be you know, uh, susceptible to flooding, mm. the Quran is not going to say, well, you should build a reservoir or a levee. Or, it's not going to say these kinds of things. And so we are going to have to rely upon other methods of inquiry. But at the same time, if we find that they don't contradict the Quran and they bring some good. So this is something in our tradition that was called Masalih uh, Mursala, meaning Mursal, meaning that it's not directly connected to a nas or a an adilla or a mm. textual proof like a statement of the Prophet Sallallahu or uh, a ayah from the Quran, and yet it brings some benefit. So when Allah says, "What Seek 
by whatever means that Allah has given you, whether those are great means or little means, the hereafter. So before I, you know, so my whole point in all this, as we talk about earning money, as we talk about uh, provision, rizq, as we talk about all of these things, they're always going to be dominated by a pursuit and a journey to Allah in the hereafter. Yes. Right. So, you know, the, and this is important, right? We're not going, again, this is not the prosperity gospel. And so Allah says, in, to, to begin the conversation, whatever I have given you of your rizq, right, of your provision, then use it ultimately to seek the best possible outcome in the hereafter. But then Allah continues, وَلَا تَنْسَى نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ dunya." Don't forget your nasib of this life. And the sira or the voice or the uslub that the Qur'an speaks in here is, is one of umumen, it's in general. So Allah says, La tensa. Who is Allah talking to here? Mm. Bani Adam. He's talking to everyone here. All of you. Meaning, Al-Fuqara wal aghniya To the poor and to the rich alike, right? Don't forget your portion of this life. Yeah. And so we tend to think like, oh, a portion of this life. Well, no, what are you talking about? Dawood or Imam Mark, or are you talking about Bill Gates or, you know, Sultan, Fulan, whatever? It doesn't matter. All of, we, we all have to, we all have a nasib or a portion of this life that it is perfectly permissible. In fact, Allah is saying, la tensa. It's an amr, it's a command. Right? And so there's just, there, there's no monkery in Islam. Right. right, we do not intentionally lead lives uh, to be poor. Now we have something in our tradition we call zuhud, right? Tazahada, meaning that you are not attached to the world. But not being attached to the world is not the same as being a fakir, like fi malabis, like being like in the way, like you're like you ain't got no money, your clothes or this. You know, if you look amongst the salaf. Imam Malik, rahimullah, like obviously one of the great, great uh, uh, imams of our deen and an example of the salaf, he was known to have dressed extraordinarily well all the time. Right. And in fact, you know, because in their style, right, back in the, you know, way back in the day, they would wear the imamah, the turban. Right. Right. And so this is like a classy thing, you know. I don't want to say it's like the Kango, right? Because the prophet said said war. But I'm just saying, like, it was part of, like, how we would get up in a suit and a tie and a nice hat, you know, like the imama, right? So that was part of the way of completing, you know, their dress was to wear a very nice yeah. turban. His perfume. And so people didn't know that Imam Malik was bald-headed mm. until he was punished by one of the governors, mm. because he was very strict in his adherence to the Book of Allah mm. and to the Sunnah. And so they kind of, to humiliate him, right, they took off his, his imam and his turban. And my point is that Imam Malik was, extru- was known to be extraordinarily strident in his opinions on the religion, in terms of no funny business, like we adhere to the Sunnah, we adhere to the statements of the Salaf, obviously we adhere to the Book of Allah, and yet, here was a person that understood what it meant to be detached from the world, but he dressed very well. Right. Right. He was extremely well put together. And I think that's important, um, especially from 
if if we're going to talk about Islam in a, in a, particularly as it is for people in the West, for some people that have you know maybe come from humble means, it's nice to maybe have something. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's nice to have you know, and we all know the, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu that when he encountered a man that, in his understanding, who had money but was somewhat disheveled. And he mm. was like, don't you have any money? He's like, yeah. He's like, then let the blessings of Allah be right. seen upon you. Right. And so there's also no, just as there's no affectation in prayer, like riya, there's no affectation in zuhud, meaning that if you want to be detached from the world, okay. It just means your heart is not attached to this world. And you have ibtira with whatever Allah has, you know, you seek out the hereafter by whatever Allah has given you. And if he has given you some, or you are blessed to increase that through mm. your lifetime, uh, that in no means uh, uh, contradicts uh, a person being uh, zahid, right. right? A person of who is not ultimately attached to this world. So, وَلَا تَنْسَ نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَأَحْسِنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ And be excellent to Allah as he's been, been excellent to you. وَلَا تَبْغِ الْفَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ right? And don't... Don't cause facade, don't cause chaos or, 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 or corruption in the earth. In Allah la that Allah doesn't love the people of facade. Mm. And so we see here that in this just in this one particular verse, it opens up the door for potentialities. You know, and I think that's something that I don't know, maybe you can talk about or we can go mm. into is that we all believe that Allah's Qadr book ends what we get and what we don't get in this life. That ultimately, right, that, you know, the, there are the, the, if we want to think of what we earn in this life or what we get or our rizq, our provision as like a shelf, on um, the two ends of that shelf are the bookends of Allah of Qadr. Like they, right. you, you ain't getting no more other than what he give you. Right. Um, 100%. That being said, though, there's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of books on that shelf that we can investigate. Hey, now. Right? So... Hold it now. The, well, the whole beginning of the ayah is already getting the mindset correct. So looking at it from the worldly view, if you will, I mean, we can look, you can go from book to book of self-help, you name it, and you'll find that a lot of these gurus, and and honestly, there's a lot of good ones. I mean, they really know what they're talking about. And, and I've noticed it's all about getting your mindset correct. You can't a- attain wealth if you don't have your mindset correct. How many people have won, you know, this lotto right. and just got destroyed? What because they while they were while they were on the park bench, they were poor. And yes. so when they got wealthy, whereas you'll find some people when their mindset was correct, they were living on the park bench, right. yet they were already millionaires in their yes, mind. Yes. So Allah is setting the tone here just by simply saying, get your head together because first and foremost, it's about the hereafter. Yes. So seek the reward of the hereafter. Yes. And that has to be highlighted and recognized. Then the idea of, you know, get your means. Don't forget about what we yeah. have in this this other life here, in the worldly life. So that's setting the tone, and I'd like the audience to understand, really, you know, risk and, and all that comes with it. And let's just quickly define that. Your risk 
is not just what we say uh, gold and silver or whatever we deem as a means of, of, of transaction, but rather it could be your friendship. That's risk. Your wife, your children, all of these provisions that don't just come as food. Your and, emotional and, state, you know, emotional which we'll, we'll see in a minute, right? Your I mean, emotional subhanallah, state. all of the, 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 the things that will sustain human life is risk and biologically and mentally. So putting it in that context there, we're getting prepared now with mindset. So get your mindset together. Otherwise, you'll never get to the next level if you want to look at it in terms of wealth. Um, you're, you know, it, it, we'll just keep it in that fashion right now. In terms of risk, you just won't, as we said, the two bookends, you want to go start to 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 because we don't know where the limit is. Exactly. Yes. We don't know what's restricted, and we don't know what the limit is. How far this risk will go for us. So we're, as they say, you know, scratch the soil, keep digging, right, until you find your nasib. Yes. Your how would you translate nasib? So you know, nasib. Though I mean, so I, I, nasib means you know like some type of uh, an excess right yes. you know uh and so uh something that is going to uh, receive attention mm. right so if you think about it like grammatically we have nasab or mansub as the the sira. so for instance when when a when the subject is acted upon right or the, rather when the subject the agent acts upon a thing so daraba uh, zayb Daraba Zaid al Walad, right? <laughs> I don't know why they always use Zaid and Daraba, but you know Zaid hit the boy. Okay. Right. So when Zaid hits the boy, the boy is the direct object that's right. receiving. So we say this is nasab or mansub, right? So when Allah is saying nasib, just like when we calculate our zakah, we don't pay zakah on all of our wealth. First off, there is a nasib. There's a limit. Of which, if we don't surpass that, then actually we are religiously poor. We are fakir and are actually ourselves eligible for zakah. But once your uh, wealth goes beyond that uh, certain measure or certain uh, level of, of accumulation, um, then we call this the nasib. Once yes, you've met your nasib, right? Yes. So in the same way, like Allah is saying, like don't, don't, don't. Don't forget to give this life some attention because the other part is that there's no there's no fast track, right? There's no fast track to Jannah around the dunya. Mm-hmm. The only way to the akhirah is through the dunya. And so it's saying like you get the you know, squeeze out the juice, get the most <laughs> out of it. Don't shortchange yourself. And so let's get back to the, the term nasib. So those two bookends. So some people get so, I guess, frustrated because they're not getting what they think they're supposed to get. You know, I'm trying. I've been working hard. And see, now, got, there's the, 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 now we got to contest with entitlement. And and so and and but honestly, rightfully so. Some people, you know, I got this degree and this and that, and nothing's working out for me. What's going on with? The nasib wasn't there. Don't give up. Don't you don't know? Keep digging. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So, but this is where they think you know. Well, this must be the limit. You don't know the limit. We don't know the boundaries here. Just keep focused. And what's the, go back to principle number one: the hereafter. Well, my goal right. is the hereafter. 
Right. <laughs> not, not the worldly thing. That's there. Let's go seek it. But ultimately, let's go default back to what do I need to do for my hereafter? It reminds me of that, that song in the 80s by mm. Crowded House, Don't Dream It's Over. You know? <laughs> you, know. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know? But, that, you know, like you said, okay, so uh, what, what, what is the, the common phrase, you know, from our culture? If at first you don't succeed, right, try again. So keep knocking on the door. And it might be a different door. Go right. put the next door. <laughs> or right? it just might not be the time for it to and arrive. It not, so this is the interesting thing about Nasib. Like they, they would say, right? The Arabs would say, well, it's not your Nasib. Marriage, right? Well, she wasn't, he wasn't your Nasib. Right, right. You know, it didn't work out. So, you know, khalas, move on. Just don't worry right. about it. it hasn't, it the, the hump hasn't risen enough yeah. to, to warrant that level of attention. So... Yeah, don't forget your, your portion. Don't forget your portion. Now, what's interesting... And again, in Nasib, think about it. Hold that thought. Yeah, yeah. Because if you pay zakat... Let's say you are... Let's say Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos becomes a Muslim, mm. right? Now, they would pay their 2.5% on their wealth, which for them, 2.5% of billions and billions... For them, it's like that's change they got on the couch, right? Right. But that's 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 an enormous amount, and more importantly, even for the person who is just you know one dirham above the nasib, and they pay two and a half percent on that, that's an extraordinary thing to Allah. Yeah, you know, and so it's also you know wa alayna, you know upon us is is to have the the shukr, the appreciation of also too, you know, and so. You know, mm-hmm. if you are grateful, I will undoubtedly increase you. Now, most of the ulama will say that primarily this is speaking about iman, but they have said this is this does not preclude worldly worldly man uh, right. worldly things as well. Right. So the other st- section to this ayah that becomes very interesting when we think about it, and, and, and I would say because we're in this time frame, it becomes it's it's really impactful. Do good with it, like do good, and don't seek to spread corruption. So as we get wealth, we get, we're attaining nasib, we're 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 acquiring, um, risk, and it's different. We get this arrogance. It's it's a weird with yes. it, knowledge. You we've gained knowledge. I, I'm better than them. No, you're going to become a zalim. You're going to lord over other people. So there is a super secret of ingredients here to guide somebody. Right. And in, in in this whole, you know, game of, of getting wealth. The in, the intention. I mean you know, what this is also pointing. Right? And then saying it towards the end of that what like do excellent. Meaning that okay, if you happen to get money, whatever amount it is, if it even happens to be a great amount of money, make wise choices with yeah. what I have given you. That's right. And so it shows us that Wealth in Islam is not merely wealth in the idea that wealth in Islam is not just coins or bars of gold or dollar bills mm-hmm. or, you know, that there is something always to be done with wealth. There you go. You know, there's always, even a matter of fact, you know, you, there, there's another beginning verse uh, uh, in, uh, in one of the ayat, one of the surah in the Quran that begins where Allah criticizes the people who those who accumulate wealth and just simply count it. 
Now, in one of the other riwayat or narrations of how to recite the Quran, in this, instead of you know, jama'a uh, malahu wa addalahu, is it jama'a? It's actually on the taf, uh, is on the wazan of taf'il, which is for yani tashdeed and yuzid al ma'na is to increase or to intensify. So, like in one of the one of the riwayat of recitation is alladhi jama'a malahu wa addalahu. That they they just they just super pile it up, right? Mm. But either way that you read it, wealth that is stagnant and is there just for the entertainment of one's ego and is not ultimately employed to something that will benefit the hereafter, then this is blameworthy wealth. Yes. Right. And the Prophet Sallallahu said that, you know, even a, a Muslim that plants a tree of which will bear fruit or give shade. And either a person or even an animal benefits from that. Mm. That that will benefit them on the day of judgment. It will be counted on their mizan and their book of good deeds and so on. So, you know, this idea of, you know, wealth is not there for entertainment. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is the tragic part today, especially, you know, young kids see the entertainers and the movie stars and the, 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 you know, I don't even call them musicians no more because everything <laughs> now is done on one of these little electronic boxes. They don't even know yeah. anything about music theory anymore. But, you know, they see these people and they say, wow, he's got the Lambo. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's uh, living in this kind of house. He's got this. And all they're doing is to show it off. Right. To brag. And that's actually, you know, in this ayah, uh, in Surah Al-Qasas, the section right before this is talking about what Qarun from Musa, mm. you know, from from Bani Israel, and the people came to Qarun and like, okay, Alhamdulillah, Allah has really blessed you, man, so much that Allah says what that even you had to have a whole bunch of dudes that were yoked Imagine. just to carry yeah, around exactly. the keys to the chests and, of his wealth, and that's just the keys to all right, of the right, and and he was kind of you know yufakhir, like he was like you know showing off to the people. And that's not what wealth should be. Wealth is not there just for us to stroke our own ego. And so wealth that is just counted, you know, this shows us that wealth is not, wealth is serious business. Money is serious business. What Allah provides for you. This is why you said like, you know, in the first episode, you opened up and you went right to Al-Baqarah and it says, That out of what we gave them, mm. they they give away in charity, They you know, that they donate. Yeah. And so, you know, taking whatever provision you have, and therefore taking your, you know, your risk is a part of who you are. So you have to take that serious, right? You got to take yourself seriously. This becomes, a, and the mindset gets corrected right here. And so we all, for me, Connecting the dots, you know, engaging with your Quran, engaging in your Islam, and connecting the dots gives you a path for all the different scenarios of life that you will be in. You, it, it will, it's your guide, as we say, but it's like really you're on the road and you have the guardrail on this side, the guardrail on the right and the left. So you might scrape, oh, I better get back in, 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 the, in the lane here because I'm, you know, tapping the side. And that's what Islam does when you connect the dots. Yes. And so, you know, that was one of the biggest things, too, for our podcast is trying to connect dots for people in these confusing times as well. So so back, you know, your your intention, as we've said, for the hereafter with the means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you, which 
the risk that God has given you is going to support you in your hereafter. Otherwise, you'll be like other wealthy people in the Quran and, and throughout history that actually it has now become a liability against them. It was no aid. They didn't benefit from it. It didn't carry them into the next life. And so, you know, that's part of potentially the dua that we can get into um, in the supplications now. And there's many supplications and many scenarios where uh, companions had come to the Prophet and ask him about these things. And he would give them a dua for that, whether that was seeking risk, health, but more importantly, the hereafter. So these yes. duas were always kind of gauged around what would help you here and what would help you in the hereafter. Yes. So maybe we can move into the next. Uh, so in, in in the next one, right, and at least in the next the next piece here to, to kind of to unpack. So we have this hadith that's related to Amr ibn al-As, one of the great companions of the Prophet Sallallahu And so he said, you know, قال رسول الله عليه السلام He said, قال قد أفلح من أسلم so the first part of the statement of the Prophet said on the reports, he said, without a doubt, qad, there's no doubt. So you, you begin a sentence with qad, there's no argument. And he said, aflaha. Aflaha means to be ultimately successful, or also an important part of the word here, this, uh, you know, I always like to point out little grammar things when I can. So aflaha on the wazan or on the form in morphology of sarf of af'ala, it's what I call the transformative it's the transformative expression. So, for instance, when a person becomes Muslim, they aslama, and they become a Muslim. Aslama means like you're transformed into a Muslim, right? The words that you say and the beliefs you hold, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, you are now transformed by that. Just in the same way that as a, if you ahsana, you become a muhsin. When you do the the verb, the verbal usage of ahsana, as Allah says, wa ahsan kama ahsan Allah ilayk. If you do that command, then you will be a muhsin. You will be a person of excellence, a person of ihsan. So he says, what Without a doubt, a person will be successful just by becoming a Muslim. Which, of course, in some way we can see it is like a commentary on the idea of what right? Whatever that Allah has given you, seek the hereafter. And if you do that, Obviously, Allah is talking to who? Al-Muslimun. He's talking to the Muslims. So just by becoming a Muslim, you have made a very wise decision. In fact, you have made the wisest of decisions that will now impact all the other, and they will allow you to bring good out of every other decision that that will come after that. And we know there were people on the Day of Judgment, as Allah says, لا ينفعهم إيمانهم That they did good, but their iman was not correct, their faith was not right, or it was not there at all. And so whatever good they may have done, it will not benefit them. And so here, the Prophet said, you have made the best of all decisions. The fact that you have become a Muslim, it means that what? قَدَ أَفْلَحَ You have begun. So قَدَ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ أَسْلَمَ وَرُزِقَ كَفَافًا So whomever becomes a Muslim will be successful. And then with the attitude that whatever you have been provided for, it's sufficient. That you don't become angry. Now, it, again, kafafin doesn't mean, oh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not saying that I'm deficient. With whatever that Allah gives me, 
a little or a lot. Let's just say it's a little. Allah has waqadra alayhi rizqa. As Allah says in Surah Al-Fajr, that He restricts sometimes a person's mm-hmm. rizq. If my rizq has been restricted, and I understand in my heart that none can restrict except for Allah, and I understand that this is a test from Allah and He is restricted to me, it is not necessarily a sign of His displeasure of me, but rather it's a test of my iman. But I long to be in an unrestricted or a laxing of the restriction. This doesn't mean that I am dissatisfied or I don't think that, as the Prophet says here, <clears throat> not saying that it's not sufficient. Alhamdulillah, this is what Allah has given me and it is sufficient. But it doesn't preclude me from desiring to want more as if I think Allah was mistaken. And I can still have a husn al-dhan, I can still have a good opinion of Allah and accept my current condition, but long for something more. With they don't, Those don't have to be contradictory. Sure. And then, وَقَنَّعَهُ اللَّهُ بِمَا آتَاهُ If that happens, and then Allah will then make that person contented with what they have given. So it's all about having a mindset. I can still, you know, like right now, you know, hey, look, man, I live in Southern California. Bro, this joint is expensive, man. It's expensive. You know, my wife and I were talking this morning about, oh, man, you know, we might have to get up out of this piece, man. You know, you you know you you can you can make you can make five digits what do they call it? It six digits six six digits You're is still what poor. six digits <laughs> a million dollars right you can make five digits if you if I had if I had if I knew I could make five digits back in you know nineteen eighty eight back in you know in well, the ten, yeah. if somebody told me I don't even know what to do with all that money right mm-hmm. but you know when my friend my friend asked me he wanted to move he wants to relocate here. And he said, man, how much money do you think I need to, to make minimum? I said, man, you better make at least 150 k a year. And if you can't do that, dude, you're going you, to, look, trust me, you're going to be, you're going to be running on fumes all the, that's California minimum wage, baby. You know, he was like, really? I said, yeah, man, it's very expensive to live here. Yeah. So, you know, that being said is, is, is I can want more money. Not just because I'm greedy. Like, hey, look, it, it, it'd be nice to, like, have a few ducats at the end of the month to just go get a halal cheeseburger. You know what I mean? It, it'd be, or it'd be nice to go on Umrah. Or it would be nice to, you know, just for once when they make the announcement at the masjid, so-and-so, you know, we're, we're taking up a collection to help out so-and-so, Instead of putting a 20 in, maybe I can just take care of that myself. The whole twomper. Yes. It, so, and this is the, again, the lines get blurred here, as you mentioned, with Zahid, you know, and, and living this austere life and reconciling that with wealth and the desire to try and, you know, go get more. And so... I remember a story when Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him, um, he's a Khalifa, mm-hmm. and Omar and Ali are looking for him, and they find him in the market selling and trading. And they said, yeah, Mayor Mumanin, what are you doing here? Oh, leader of the faithful believers, what are you doing in the market zone? 
He said, man, I don't make enough. <laughs> I don't have a good enough salary at the Khalifa. <laughs> I got, I need, I think you mentioned, I, I might be exaggerating, maybe you correct me. Right, right. I need five sheep a day or something like that. He said, you know, one might sound like that's a sufficient. He said, like, I think maybe three or something, right? And he goes, so I got to, I got to feed my family and yes. this ain't enough. The salary ain't enough here. Right, so right, I'm right. over here. They said, right. man, you can't be out here. You, you're, you're, running, you're the leader, man. You got to be up in the White House and have yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. said, well. Pay me more. Right. And Omar said, well, how much do you need? Well, uh, like this little less. I need three sheep a day. A yep. day? Nah, we ain't giving. Look at Omar. <laughs> nah, we ain't giving that, man. <laughs> and Ali hit him and said, just give it to him. Just give him the sheep. Said, All right, fine. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so... So, you know, there's something to say even about that. You need this balance in, yes. in the Uma, right? But yeah, anyhow... Yeah. But the point is, is that even at that time, there was a certain livelihood that everybody needed. And so we strive for that. And, and here's another thing, let me, as a side note, you know, Muslims want the masjid and the imams and, and the community, you know, they should be doing this, they should be doing that. Um, and maybe back home, the governments or, you know, whatever back home is for people, the governments take care of that. But out here in, you know, Sorry to say, which always comes with a price. It, well, it comes with the price too. You're you're kind of got the noose around you. <laughs> you, exactly. you got some dictation that's yes. gonna happen. But however, living here where we're at, you know, we need to contribute to that, and we want good programs. We want uh, good teachers. Well, we need to pay for that, just like we're paying non-Muslims top dollar and to go to their events and to go to a lecture and to go to these guru meetings to make money. Uh, but if you're relying on a hostage fundraiser and bake sales man. to you know to to afford to have you know, you know quality education quality teachers, then you know you're going to eventually run aground on that. You know, um, it, it's uh, and I think you know we we've reached a, a a point of crisis in our at least in the community here in America. From this is just in my estimation where we have more misogyny not only that we need but then we can even handle financially and we've got virtually nobody inside the vast majority of these misogyny that will give anybody any reason to come mm. you know um we we we, we have a, a real real shortage of female scholars we have a real shortage of you know really qualified imams and I, I see too much burden is put on the backs of, you know, I know people are talking about, oh, we need, you know, young people. And, you know, I, I, obviously uh, having young people involved in the community is great. But, you know, turning over your community and have it being led by somebody that is still really wet behind the ears, doesn't have enough life experience, hasn't even been able to uh, put you know, probably one-tenth of any of that theoretical knowledge that he or she may have learned, especially as imam, that he's learned in some type of program into any kind of practical application, I think is is, is somewhat foolhardy, mm. right? And then on top of it, we don't attract the best and the brightest into the position to be an imam or be a scholar mm. um, because it's not it doesn't compete with market value. You know, I mean, if you're a really smart dude or dudette, and instead of becoming an imam or a scholar, you can go get a job in, you know, STEM or, you know, and make a, a reasonable right. living. What are you going to do? 
even though your passion and ultimately even your capabilities might be, you know, actually really in, in that area and not being a doctor or uh, something like that. But unfortunately, our understanding of wealth is is extremely juvenile as a community. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I, and that I, I, we don't we don't really use our wealth to build. That's what, I think if anything, I don't know. I don't, maybe this is going too far afield, but I feel like our community has not been intentional in the. And what I mean by that is, I'm not saying every Jewish community is like this, uh, but I find that we are the worst when it comes to building intentional communities. Of in terms of we're all going to roughly live in the same area mm. and there's going to be a school and there's going to be a masjid. You know, you go throughout most major areas in America, obviously there are Jews that live everywhere, but you will typically in your bigger cities, you'll find like, okay, there's like a Jewish neighborhood and there's a synagogue and there's like, you know, you know, you go to LA, there's like a little Israel kind of place, right? Where you, you can go and get your kosher food and there's schools and, and, and also neighborhoods, you know, not every single person that lives in that neighborhood is a Jew, but they've made a decision to kind of concentrate in the areas. And I feel like Muslims, for whatever reason, have absolutely not, have almost refused to do this. Mm. Uh, but then people always complain, oh, man, you know, I got to drive this far and I go do this or that. or the, You know, it's like, where's the intentionality of community development? Yeah. And that's, that's what I mean. You know, just hoarding money, just making a bunch of money and then hoarding it. There's no blessing in that. Right. Definitely, no, definitely. That there, I, I would, I would go off in a tangent in that one, with with the Jewish community. Maybe we'll talk about that one day. But just a quick snippet of that, to the level of even you know they go to prison too. Oh sure. Uh, and I saw a documentary where one of theirs got out, and he was still you know in his mentality of going doing some things, but. They rallied around him. They got him a house. They got, a, I mean, when they take care, when they say they're ours, they're ours. <laughs> they I mean, I think in some ways also, uh, we, we have, uh, part of our challenge is we are far more ethno-diverse than the Jewish yeah, community. Sure, sure, yeah, so, that, yeah, I mean, that, that yeah. does provide. Very interesting. And I think enclave. absolutely in America, I think, you know, there are some historical periods like Endelus where, part of the diverse, like people like to talk about Andalus and, uh, you know, Muslim Spain and, and certainly part of the, the difficulty of, uh, of that was just, you know, bringing people of different backgrounds together. And so yeah. in, in, in America, you have Muslims of many, many different ethnic stripes. And then now you're adding into that a, a, a convert subculture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of people coming into Islam from, you know, every kind of other ethnic group in America and, and then let alone the, then the theological differences and the schools of thought differences. And so it, it, you know, diversity is a challenge. Definitely. You know, that being said though, we, we, inshallah, we really need to make some better decisions. Definitely. So some of the, um, points out of this hadith as well that I, I, that struck me with the concept of success and, I was listening to the psychologist and his definition of success. Why we, you know, that that word can be abstract in the um, worldly life, if you will. You know, what is success? You know, and everybody has their their idea. Islam has defined it very clearly here in many 
there's many points of reference we could use for success, but out of this hadith, successful is the one who enters in the fold. But this psychologist had his own definition that I listened to, and, and his definition of success was a person who has a goal in life. Mm. And even if that person doesn't accomplish that goal, mm-hmm. the mere fact that he had a goal and wasn't a couch potato, he's a successful person. So the takeaway there is in as this person has entered into Islam and now once you've entered in Islam, there's goals that daily goals we have to achieve milestones from the five daily prayers to you name it. Um, So the ultimate goal, yeah, seeking knowledge and the ultimate goal to get to the hereafter. So we go back to the first principle of the ayah, the hereafter, and then seek your means, seek your livelihood, seek your nasib. Um, so right away we start to see the success within us. Now we can't lay dormant as Muslims and we move forward. Then the idea of being content. So we don't know the risk, what has been written for us, but whatever that daily, just like a, a salesman, he has a quota. He's trying to make his quota for the day that uh, uh, eventually is for the month. You name it, a realtor, whatever you might be, you have these, these milestones and you might, you didn't get it that day. That's okay. See, the salesman, a good salesman, he understands the psychology. Us, because we live, pay, you know, somebody signs that paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or business owners, well, we didn't, you know, I didn't make everything today. You know what? I don't see much on the calendar. So as an entrepreneur, the mindset is different. Yeah, see, you, if you work that nine to five, you did, that's, that's just, you just look busy. Right? <laughs> as long as you look busy... Right. And and the bigger the entity that you work for, the easier it is to kind of obfuscate or to put a fog over what you do. And I and yes, I am speaking from experience. Yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> um, you know, you can just look busy, um, but that doesn't build anything. Mm-mm. You know, that doesn't build anything. And I think to be quite frank. And, you know, Muslims love to be romantic about this scholar or that scholar. You know, Imam al-Ghazali or, uh, uh, you know, uh, Imam al-Suyuti or Imam al-Shawkani or Imam al Any Imam you talk about, anybody you talk about of some Ibn Taymiyyah, whoever you're talking about, they are undoubtedly to, every single one of them are the byproduct of a waqf. And what do I mean by that? They are a byproduct of an endowment mm-hmm. of people that earned predominantly through an entrepreneurial spirit then then founded learning institutions of which each and every one of them benefited from. And now here we are, you know, we're sitting in my office and this is nothing, man. This is just this this is this, this is these are the books I had to bring here cuz my wife is like, "Look, yeah, man. No you know, if I trip over one more book, man, yeah. you know, so these are just the rejects." Right, we love all these books that are written by all of these scholars, but not real. How did these books get written? How did the people have the time to develop their intellect to write 10, 20, 30, 40 volume works? You know, uh, I was just reading a work by a scholar the other day. It took him 40 years to produce one work. We're no longer having that anymore. Now we've got, you know, we've got podcasts and we've got YouTube and, and those are great. I mean, 
the, the, the equivalent of those, we have the mandumat, right? We have the poems that scholars would write for the, you know, for the for the masses. Just okay, here's a here's a mandhuma on aqidah, here's a mandhuma on creed, here's a mandhuma on fiqh, here's a mandhuma, a little poem, so that you could learn them. And those are great because the people could, you know, they're like it was like they were rhyme, so they could easily learn them. But then they also produce these massive volumes of works that we have come to inherit. But what are we producing? Okay, great. We've got the podcast. We've got the videos. And that's fine. So people can get the little nibbles. But what are we going to build for the generation coming up right now and the one behind them, inshallah? If we aren't producing things. And that we we got to have that entrepreneurial spirit that you're just talking about. Because unlike the wage worker that just has to look busy enough that the boss is like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. You put in uh, 100 hours, here's your check for your 100 hours, right? And then you're just going to go spend it on your little trinkets and your widgets, and that's it. You're not going to take that money and go build another business or found an institution or endow something. And that's what we desperately need. And that's our that's that's us as Muslims for the last 1,400 years. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 the entrepreneurship of of would you say of America has been, you know, really um, emancipated, or I wouldn't say emancipated, but has been, I would say, locked up for one, you know, potentially the knowledge of how to do that, mm-hmm. particularly in America, isn't accessible to many by default, I would say, because we just need workers. Yeah. So the manufacturing of, let's say, we'll just start with Ford. Well, I need to keep these people kind of ignorant from the knowledge of how to do all this because I need these workers working. Yeah, I need you to do. I need you to work to my plan, right? And Allah says that in the Quran that there will be. You might have to work under somebody. We, yeah, we've made it that way, which is fine. However, don't lose your motivation and inspiration to go out and build something for the sake of Allah to benefit others if you can. And I think also if you, you know, again, not everybody's going to do that. But if, if enough of us do it, or even a few of us but do it really, really well, then you also give something for the wage worker, for the rank-and-file average Joe Schmo Muslim that is just working their, you know, I don't mean to demean that kind of work, where they can give, you know, their $20 a month to, and it means something, especially if it's on volume. I remember years ago I was invited to a community and they had about 400 regular, you know, uh, 400 regular attendance, uh, attendees. And I remember they were talking about something like, oh, we got to figure out how to fundraise for this or that. And I'm like, well, how many people y'all got here, right? And well, we got about 400 people. So I was like, man, if you have 400 people, right, and if they could give $5 a day, right, if you could get 400 people to get five, because that's how much each every one of us spends every single day at Starbucks, right? right? And then you translate that into uh, a, a, an annual budget, right? I said, man, 400 people give them five bucks a day in, in one year. That's a budget of $730,000. Now imagine what you could do. Okay, maybe don't and don't don't do don't do black economics, right? Don't do hood economics. Don't be ghetto ratchet, right? Where you gonna go and you gonna go put some rims on your hoopty, right? Don't take all seven hundred and thirty k and go buy some fancy building with the plush carpets, but then you can barely afford to pay the electric bill, right? Imagine you have a small. I think four hundred people is a reasonable amount for a community. 
What could you do if you had a fund where you say, okay, everybody donates five bucks a day at the end of the month that gets transferred at the end of the and then we're going to invest this in something. We're either going to send, you know, five kids a year overseas to go into some program to become scholars, women to become scholars. We're going to send five old people every year to go make Hajj. Right. Uh, we're going to build an actual educational institution that we can afford to hire five teachers, eight teachers, ten teachers, and each pay them a respectable wage just for the pleasure of Allah to teach the deen. And that's all for $5 a day. Now, you can't do five, maybe you can do four. You can't do four, maybe you can do three. You can't tell me ain't nobody can't do a dollar a day, right? So a sliding scale. Exactly. So, you know, my thing is, uh, maybe not everybody, if, but if enough of us with the right intention and mindset do something on a big enough scale, then the other people that are just the wage worker, the average rank and file, they can, they, uh, you know, they can do. They might not have the, cap- the capacity to do it, the intelligence to do it, the capability to do it, the know-how, but I can give $5. Right. And it can be good to some use, and that will, that will be like, hey, Sadaqa Jaria, everybody can... You know, participate in. For those not familiar, sadaqa jariya. Sadaqa means charity, and jariya means flowing. Mm-hmm. Meaning, even after your death, even after you're gone, the Continue. benefit will benefit you. Number one, mm. it'll keep you'll keep stacking up baraka and blessings and good deeds on your scale, even after you're in the ground and turned to worm food. Right. You know, and then the people will continue to benefit, and so. I mean, that, that's just a simple one. And, well, and here's the, again, we go back to mindset because a lot of people don't realize that. So I had one mentor and he was telling me, he goes, a lot of people don't realize millionaires and billionaires and, you know, wealthy people. And there's a difference between wealth and rich. Yeah. He said, rich people have to look rich. So they buy things that make them look rich. That's me. <laughs> Let me raise my hand. And we buy things to make ourselves look rich. I'm from the hood, bro. Got, originally. You know, I'm yeah. originally from the hood. So I'll tell you right so now, you, you give me some money, and I'm going to be up on the, blocks a week later. And, <laughs> but I'm going to be looking good. <laughs> looking good. But I ain't got $5 to get on the bus. <laughs> so you got two so I can put it in the gas tank. And he said, wealthy people generate wealth. They continue to generate wealth because they're building infrastructure. And he said a a lot of wealthy people in the very early parts of their building of wealth is, he gave me an example. He said, if we make 2.5 million a year, everybody's like, what? 2.5 million a year? That's like, what is that? That's crazy. I can't even imagine. He goes, that's the problem. People can't even imagine imagine. you can do that. So we're making 7,500 a day, right? He goes, we'll take 100K of that, and that's what we live off. Because we haven't even started the infrastructure what we right. need to build yet. So we're living way below. So people who are making $2.5 million a year, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, we bought the see, mansion. See, we that's bought- the ahsin. Kama ahsin Allahu ilayk. Right, you can, like you said, you can make two point five a mil, but you know what? I'm going to live off of 100 grand a year so I, can do, so I can do some ahsin with that. And so, of course, their mind isn't for that. No, no, but I'm just saying. But exactly. So not only are we, so we go back to the principle, let's build our hereafter by building the infrastructure here for that. And still, and Allah puts barakah in all that. Right. He puts blessing that keeps this this residual. Yeah. 
yeah. wealth that's coming from from it, right? One right. way or the other. And even if not, we're content. So we go back to these principles. We're content with what Allah has bestowed on us. Yes. So mindset is is just is, it's just a huge part of of the wealth, and especially for the Muslim, of how we need to look at things, and we overlook things or underlook things, yeah. and we're not on game. But if we can move into the next principle, and I'm going to bring this one up, and I wrote this one out because and we know this hadith, but this this dovetails with the hadith we were just talking about, and we know this one: tie your camel. And put your trust in Allah. Yes. Prophet said, he, he told us, tie your camel, put your trust in Allah. And there's a greater, I think, uh, revival. No, but this, 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 is, this, is, no, yeah. this is sufficient. People, Most people will know this, and if not, it, it, that's enough to convey the general meaning. Yeah. So the idea here is, in my note I put, the first part, make your effort. Yeah. Go tie your camel. <laughs> well, first, actually, it's trust in Allah, then tie your camel. Right, and by trust in Allah, you know, I think w- what we need to do is expand our notion. Tawakkal, you know, you can have a very small mind and yatawakkal ala Allah. You can have a very small mind and reduce your, you know, it's like the Bedouin man that 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 it was. He, he was just kind of honoring. He was like, you know, it was like Archie Bunker. He's like the Archie Bunker of Bedouins. That he said, Allahumma irhamni wa Muhammad, and that's it. Oh Allah, have mercy on me and Muhammad and nobody else. <laughs> and so the Prophet said, you have restricted something very vast. So when we say tawakkal, meaning to rely upon and to trust in Allah, do we mean that in a gracious, expansive way of potentiality? Or do we mean that in a very small way? You know, well, you know, I trust upon Allah and I just have to make do with these few crumbs. And, you know, or do we really mean like I I, I am going to rely upon Allah who, lahu, you know, you know, with Allah is the treasures. Allah has the keys to the heavens. The, the the treasures of the heavens. Lahu mafi samawati wa mafi He has every everything belongs to him. And he is Al Wahab Wal Ghani. He is the one that loves to give. And he is rich beyond need. So, you know, when I want to give, I'm very calculating. Think about man, <laughs> you know, how much of this can I really do to you yeah, know, yeah. how much of this can I really do to right. to, to part with? Yeah. Allah has, you know, we we sometimes project our humanness, which we know is the very beginning of shirk. We we project the human limitations of fear, of needing to have, mm. but that is not our Lord. Our Lord already owns everyone and everything, mm-hmm. and so with a big heart, you know, try to rely upon Allah and and call upon Him with the. And a feeling of, of unlimited expanse. There you go. Not of unlimited expectation, Mm-mm. but just of the very potentials. That's the mindset. And, you know, you know we've, you've mentioned many times before, and <clears throat> we've seen it. Uh, we call on Allah, and we think it's just supposed to come. Because, you know, I've, I've been doing all my five daily prayers. Oh, yeah, I've been up for Fajr, bro. So you know, I, where's my check? I've been doing, you know. Where's <laughs> you my, know, where's my reparations check and where's my Fajr check? Where's my you reparations know? check and my Fajr check. So, exactly. 
And yet, no, it doesn't work that way. That's what you had to go do. That's what you owe. That's what you owe. And it still probably would if it was weak. Right. Right. So, and so that mindset, just throw that out the window. But the sincerity, the putting in the work, definitely part of the ingredient. Putting in the work, but I was reminded by my wife, but having this complete sincerity. Yes. This, this, this ikhlas. And as we know, part of ikhlas is also purity in aqidah, meaning that, and I'm talking about this 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 school versus that school of thought. But what ikhlas is that we will not call upon anybody other than him. Yes. So if I need this, I need this money, I need this provision, I want to, I, my, my sincerity is rooted in, I can only ask him. Yes. And if he gives, alhamdulillah, if he doesn't, alhamdulillah. When us bro, right, then we have to have, we have to have sabr. But at the end, there is no, there's no alternative. There's no plan B. You call upon Allah, that's plan A. There is no plan B. Right. That's it. So, the dua that I like to recite a lot, and maybe I'll recite it, you'll remember the, the, the hadith, inshallah. But this one is so comprehensive. The Prophet was always given comprehensive dua. I mean, just the dua he would give to the ummah, is like total package. Right, <laughs> it's going right, to take care right. of the whole, the whole thing for that situation. So basically, Oh Allah, I take refuge in you from anxiety and sorrow, weakness and laziness, miserliness and cowardice, the burden of debt, and from being overpowered Power, by yeah, men. Yes, yes. So do you remember the hadith, the man had come, right? Yes. Can you say it? So, the, the, so part of, you know, I would be lahim in al-jubni wal kasal. Like I seek, I seek protection in from al ghumma wal hazan, right? Ghumma and hazan. These are things that mean like being, you know, depressed or being anxious, but also min al kasal, wal jubun, right? From being a coward. That's an amazing thing, right? Oh Allah, I, I, I seek, I seek protection in you from ever becoming a coward. And this is a man that was, you know, he was kind of like almost like hedging his bets in terms of how he was going to potentially be generous or how he was going to deal. That's what I mean. Always, you can't escape the tawheed <laughs> aspect of ikhlas, right? The purity of worship in being sincere. Yes. So, you saying this starts to remove all of these human emotions and the benefit that comes from that, the debt removal, Right, the increase in in your provision, in your risk, right, the psychology there. So I I, I say this daily. I, I, actually, Fajr and in Isha, so I cap it with this dua for yes. for the day, for the two ends of the of, of the day. Um, it's been a great relief, a reminder, and. One thing about Islam is, and I'll call it a secret, is repetitiveness. Yes. To just repeat. That is actually right? one of the asrar of Islam is that you know to keep keep praying every single day over and over and over, keep making doing the dhikr over and over and over and over. That you know, there's no one shot. Oh man, I I'm gonna just pray this one fajr so tight. Allah ain't got no choice but to just give me the keys to the heavens and the earth. Like, <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> but that—that's—I mean, I think that's how some people think, you know. Well, and so here, you know, to to try and tie this in, because I know many 
uh, a lot of our audience may watch YouTubes and the gurus out there and the self-help and the uh, what they call affirmations and repeat this. I'm a I'm confident. I'm I'm this. I'm you know I'm wealthy and and that's great. And there there's a secret about repetitiveness. Saying this self-talk and um, healthy self-talk because we can talk ourselves out of things and have a lot of negative speech to ourselves. We got the waswasa, right? We talked about that before. Shaitan's coming to us and just whispering negativity to us continuously or inspiring us to go do negative things or or just to be lazy. Things. Yeah, or being lazy. Right, I mean, that's that's the waswasa of Shaitan. That's the whispering oh. of the devil at Fajr, right? <laughs> exactly. No, no, it really is, right? <laughs> oh, man. You know, and that's why you see some of these like Muslim fitness gurus you know that benching this and that. I'm like, man, is this dude benching his covers? And I just wonder, man, because sometimes because benching that blanket <laughs> man, at 445, you know, in the middle of the summer, oh. man, that that that's my rum, one there rep you max. Go. You know, kid asked me the other day, "What's your one rep max?" I'm like, man, my 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 comforter getting my out comfort. of bed in the morning for fudger. That's my one rep max. <laughs> you know it, and so doing the self talk in your dua. Seeking Allah's mercy and his, his risk, his benefit for you, his arazak, and this repetitiveness. So grab one of the du'a. I, was, I remember, you probably heard this, many of the ulama have said, just grab what one of the sahaba who were granted jannah of the ten, whoever of the ten that were granted jannah, just what did they do? Get their bio, get their biography, read what they've done, yes. and just do what they did, and you'll be successful. Right, 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 right. So repetitiveness, and then moving into what we call the istighfar. Yes. And just always seeking Allah's yeah. forgiveness and repenting. This is like pivotal because Noah in the Quran reminded his people of this. Just say astaghfirullah. Yes. Ask Allah's forgiveness. And then from that. Allah would what what Allah would rain down upon you His mercy and give you bunun, right? Give you children and on and on. And that's what Allah Allah we again we have to stop the an, the anthropomorphizing of 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 mm. our understanding of who Allah is. That Allah is not a man; mm. He is not a human being, and therefore He does not have those kinds of fear. Like I might have that, you know. I, if I if I were today donate every last penny in my bank account, I'd be lying to say it like, "Whoo we we got." I still today's the nineteenth, and I don't get paid until when. Man, I'd be sweating, but you know, because I'm a human being, I am of limited means. Exactly. But we worship and call upon one that has no fear, that has no limitation like that. That's right. But it's important to be overtly reminded of that. That's the repetition process. And you start to have the growth mindset and all this psychology terminology. And, 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 you, and you really get all that. All, all of the non-Muslims, what they're just tapping into, we have it. The secrets are there. We're trying to connect the dots for you. We, everything that we're fascinated with in psychology and, 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 and wealth building and, you know, all of, all of these, you know, people that are, they're pretty amazing, some of them, and right on target, we got it. It's it's in our dean, caked in, built in, and you don't need to actually see. It's it's good reminders, but I would encourage people to go connect the dots. Once you heard so and so on YouTube talk about how you know you could build your wealth if you do X, Y, and Z, 
um, and then see if you can seek that in your dean. You'll find it, and that would be 10 times. You want to 10x your wealth? Well, it's right in your book. It's right in the Hadith. It's in the Quran. It's there. Ten exit. You can ten. And I think what there was a there's a what's his name? Um, gosh, I forget his name. And that's his th- that's his company. Ten X. Mm. You can ten X. So all of these self self help people, they're doing it. They're living it. They got it. But the the difference is all of their wealth and all of their good will and they're doing and helping people out and telling all the secrets. Does it benefit in the hereafter? Right. So your dean is 10xing you not only in this life, but in the hereafter, as long as you don't have a limited mindset. Yeah, yeah. Right? Your Lord, as the Imam said. And Sheikh Joe Bradford, Hafadullah, may Allah bless him, man. He actually has a great program. Uh, I think it's like 40, I, if I'm not mistaken, I had to double check it or he can correct me if he hears, but. I think it's like 40 hadith on wealth or Man. wealth building or something like there that. So alhamdulillah, like he's, you know, already kind of, you know, putting that work out there. And so anybody, I would highly recommend people to go and check out his program, you know, on that. Um, there but, you go. But, you know, at the, but as we said, though, we have to accept that we cannot coerce Allah into giving mm-hmm. us other than what he has determined at that moment. So... There's the verse on Suturad, Allahu Yabsuturzq Liman Yasha, right? That, uh, that, that Allah Ta'ala will expand. And of course, this is important. The first thing that Allah mentions first is Yabsuturzqa. Allah can expand mm. the risk of who He ever so desires. And by Yaqdir, here means Yani to, to restrict. Right, because qadr qadr usually means to measure, but also mm. here the meaning though as the opposite as uh, uh, means to is the opposite of that verb means to constrict. Right, so if you look like in the twenty sixth uh, verse of Surah Ra'ad, the thirteenth chapter of the Quran, Allah dunya, and then Allah criticizes people who are, as you said, all these people with all this. You know, just all this self-help. Not and they got all this experience, but it's all for dunya. And so Allah says, "What about all these kind of people?" These are people that are elated with this life. Mm. That's the other. I think another important thing. Even if Allah if Allah expands our risk, the question is, will we become happy with this life, and then forget about? The hereafter, right? And so that, that, you know, now that's, uh, as I would say, I would would rather have the chance to make that mistake, you know, instead of always being broke. But just, you know, very seriously, that's something that Allah, He he criticizes. And that compared to the next life, this, this life that is so tantalizing and we're so fascinated by, it's just simply mata'. It's just a little plaything. It has no real value. And so, you know, without naming any names, there is somebody you could say is affiliated with middle ground. In fact, it could be even the reason why middle ground exists. Mm. There's a person that, alhamdulillah, Allah, he basata rizqa. Allah expanded his wealth tremendously. And this person came from very, very, very meager means. Mm. Alhamdulillah, Allah expanded his risk. 
And this is a person that if you see him, you would never know he has any money. He dresses in frumpy, wrinkled clothes. He drives a dented car. Mm. This is a person who could be driving like, he could drive a Lambo. <laughs> he could drive a Lambo if he wanted to. Right. This is a person who drives an old dented car, wears the same old frumpy clothes, but he's chosen to take the risk that Allah, basata rizqahu, that Allah expanded his wealth, and he's chosen to, yeah, alhamdulillah, he lives in a nice house, and that's many for his family, but he's chosen to also build things. Yes. And invest in things, and invest in the community, and, you know. That's um, a wise businessman. Yes. And actually, as a result of that, Allah continues to expand his risk. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that that's a guarantee for sure. every single person, but mm-hmm. none. The, uh, I would say in this case, we can definitely take as a sign of tawfiq, of success, yes. that Allah that he did it for Allah's sake. And Allah, and, th- and this, this is a person who's not a scholar. They have very, very meager means when it comes to the religion. But they seem to be very sincere, and they're doing the things that seem to be pleasing to Allah, right? And so... The other hadith that we had mentioned before mm. was right that the Prophet ﷺ said what for for mamin abd and Muslim for a Muslim who is an abd, not just is an abd and not just a Muslim but abd and Muslim, mm. a Muslim who is a devout worshiper. You really want to be devout to Allah. You really want to be a devout worshiper to Allah. The Prophet ﷺ gives us what yaqulu ida amsa wa ida asbaha. And so you said about saying things in night and day. There's a dua you do every night and day. The Prophet said, right, you want to be a real devout worshiper of Allah? Then night and day, say this thing, thalathan, three times. Right? billahi rabbin. I am content with Allah as my Lord, as a Lord. And I'm content with Islam as a deen, as a religion slash way of life. Wabi Muhammadin Nabiyan, and I am content with Muhammad Sallallahu and his Sharia and his Sunnah, right? As Nabiyan, as a prophet. Illa kana haqqan Allah. If a person says this three times every night and every day with sincerity, and they are Abd Muslim, this means that if you're not on your salawat, if you're not on your ibadah with Allah consistently, then you are not the Abd Muslim. Mm. Right, because Allah, because uh, in this statement, the Prophet ﷺ puts Abd before Muslim. He doesn't say Muslim Abd. He says Abd Muslim. Yes. So as a, the Muslim now here is a sifa or a, a, an adjective, a dis, a dis, uh, it's a describer of the kind of worshiper. But if you do this, illa then Allah will make that person satisfied with Allah on the day of judgment. Three times in the day and three times in the night, and so. You know, if, if you're listening to this, inshallah, we'll, of course, provide a link uh, in the show notes that you can check out this hadith. And it's not very difficult to, mm-hmm. to, to learn and to memorize. But it's, you know, uh, you know, then inshallah, this can be a means, like you said, with, with ikhlas, to what? Have Allah will make me happy with him. And that's, of course, I mean, that, that says everything in itself. Like, what, what, what is the goal of wealth? What's the end goal? What is the maqsad? What is the end goal or objective of wealth? To be happy with Allah, to be content with Allah, to be satisfied with Him. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So, again, that, would, that for me is mindset. So, I like when I start to connect my dots, what helps me 
is looking at hadith or the verses of Quran, these are would start to orientate my mindset and how I need to think about things as I traverse uh, seeking wealth and what am I going to do with the wealth. And so one of the reminders I was given, two, two things I'll leave with. One verse from Quran you had mentioned, you know, some of these people who are displaying their wealth and we might even look at them like, wow, what successful people, I want to be like that. Sure. Well, Allah reminds us in Surah At-Tawbah, verse 85, like, and I'm paraphrasing, like, don't be amazed by their wealth and their children. Yeah. yeah. Don't be dazzled by that. Exactly. The, the disbeliever, that's like, that's a test. We're, we're doing that as a test for them. Right? And, and for you too. And, de- and for us, <laughs> there, there you go. You know, the test. Everybody's for, getting tested. We're all getting tested by that, but in particular them. So don't be, don't fall into that trap. Over yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Don't don't trip out over there. The razzle dazzle. Yeah. yeah, as James Brown said, I got mine. Don't worry about his. So, <laughs> so just just <laughs> stay focused. Stay on the good foot. However, remember when the man he came to the Prophet Sallam and he told him, you know, I give the salawat on you. Yes. He gave him a certain amount. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, and he said like this a little less. But the bottom line at the end, remember, the prophet said, kept telling him, "Well, you should do more. That's yeah, good. Yeah. But if you did more, that'd yeah. be better." Yes. So making prayer on that, I I was I asked my sheikha, who's my sheikha, my wife, and I said, you know, I've always was a little mystified about that hadith because in the translation it's not clear. Low. So she's saying, listen, what what the man was doing like after his prayer or at some point in his life, at some point in his day, he would make the salam on the Prophet Yes. So it wasn't so some, in my head, I was thinking, well, is he doing this after his prayer? Like he's, she said, maybe we don't know, but at some time he's remember, he's making dhikr and then yes. he would make dhikr of the Prophet Muhammad. So he's saying, do this more, more, yes. do more on me. Yes. And what was the benefit? The benefit is that all of your problems will be solved. Musiba? Yeah, yeah, Musiba. Your, yes, your yeah. Musiba will be, all these problems, your anxieties, your worries, they'll be solved and your sins will be forgiven. Yes. What a secret in our deen. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Allah and His angels send salawat, send prayers upon the Prophet. Oh, you who believe, do so likewise. You know, I, I've never shared this publicly, and I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not telling people to do this as a uh, as a hukum. But every single time, and I was taught this by one of my teachers, because I'm a very absent-minded person, <laughs> and I constantly lose things. And I also am a short-tempered person, mm. so when I lose things. I get short-tempered, and I get very irritable. And it used to drive me crazy. Until one day, one of my teachers was like, Salli ala nabi Say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Say some prayers. And I was like, what do you... He said, when you lose something, Salli ala nabi And when he first told me this, he didn't say according to this adilla or that adilla. And so that's why I'm prefacing this. Mm. This is just my personal experience. And so it was like maybe... Like a year after that, one day, I'd, you know, I misplaced something. I was getting really close to like just letting it fly, man. I was really irritable. And I just remembered his teaching, you know, Hafidullah. And so I said, Allahumma salli wa sallam wa barakatuh Sayyidina Muhammad. Oh, oh Allah, 
send prayers and blessings upon the prophet. And I started saying it, saying it, saying it. And as I started walking around the house saying it, saying it, saying it and I found it. I found what I had lost. And, of course, you know, Shaitan comes to you like, man, that's just a coincidence, bro. That's just a coincidence. So, but I, I logged it in my little mm-hmm. log book. So then, you know, a couple of weeks later, because I lose something every day, right? A couple of weeks later, Salli ala nabi found it. Again, Salli ala nabi found so it. Now went to the test. <laughs> and so when I have yet to have, and again, I'm not telling people to do this, that it's a guarantee. Right. But I have found, and, and, and the lesson, to date, I have not had an instance where I've lost something and I've made yeah. salawat on the Prophet, so I haven't found it. But more importantly, is the contentment that comes over me, it abates my anger. Because mm. I'm a very irascible person. You can, sure. ask, you can, ask, you can ask my wife, mm. my ex-wife, my other ex-wife, I, I, my mother, You're my right. father. I am a very irascible person. Like, you know, all this stuff that people see, Imam Mark, you know, it's not fake. But it is, there are other aspects sure. to my personality that people don't see because you don't live with me. Of course. Right? And so one of those things is I get really irritable when I lose things. Mm. Partly because I lose them all the time and then it disrupts my thinking. And, and so I get, ah. And so what I have found now is that anytime I get angry, whether somebody cuts me off or whatever, and I just, Allahumma salli wa sallam mubarak ala sallam Muhammad. And that's why you know when you when you when you're this, this is like a little Jedi Knight trick, yeah, right. Like you want to disarm somebody, and especially if you're arguing with an Arab, mm. and they're starting to they got you against the ropes, man. You know, and you just you know you man, I can't defeat this, and you just go suddenly Alan Nabi, he's gonna stop. Yeah, Allah will say And as soon as he opens his mouth, suddenly Alan Nabi. Yeah, and I found, oh, man, this is it, man. I got these cats now. Right, I could just boom, you know. So no, no, there's <laughs> undoubted, there's undoubted about that. Um, that saying salawat upon the Prophet Sallallahu and so you know, which to be quite honest is part of our rizq, right? Because, right, man aslama, right? A person is successful and that they become a Muslim, and what Muslim is that you don't pray and at tashahud in your testimony of faith, yes, that you're forced to repeat every two raka'ah, yes, right. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Muhammad kama salli ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim. Like we are forced to say salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu and his noble family and upon Sayyidina Ibrahim, Abraham and his noble family every two raka'ah of prayer. Yes. Whether from the fara'id or from the nawafil. Whether those are the mandatory prayers or the extra prayers we do that Allah Ta'ala demands of us, your salah, you have to make salawat upon the Prophet So that is part of our rizq. Yes, it, it is big time. And that's what I mean about shukr. Like you, like, you know, you've been, we talked about last time about being, you know, grateful for, you know, being a Muslim, whether you were born a Muslim or, you know, willfully accepted Islam at some point in your life is that it didn't have to be that way, right? Nobody could force, no amount of your dua will force Allah to guide you. Mm. No amount of my dua, right? Allah says, لَتَحْرِمْ مِنْ أَحْبَابِ You don't get to guide whom you love. Just because right. you love them, they don't get to be guided merely because you love them. And that was the Prophet Yes. Right? And so having that, understanding that the honor to be taught 
that Muhammad is indeed the messenger of Allah and then the the ajr and the reward and the nafira and the benefit to make salawat upon him is undoubtedly part of our rizq. Right. It's an amazing affair. It is. It's an amazing affair. It's a, yeah. the, the, the core thing, the highlight I would say is that, you know, we're having, we, you have to have belief. Believe in that. Yeah. As you witness for yourself, giving the salam on the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, believing in these ayah, like, but with, I mean, we read them and we don't connect the dot with them and it's amazing sometimes, but, you know, but for me, having that core belief on it, it when I, and you know, what helped me too is when I read the, the not just Sirah, but then the Sahaba, their bios, these people were walking on water. They're, they had no... They, Without a doubt, and these people were doing amazing things, and sometimes we put them on such a pedestal that we couldn't do that. No, we just need to follow their belief pattern, follow their habits. So a lot of us say, well, I can't do that. That was the Prophet Muhammad says, and he's special. Like, that's beyond us. He's a prophet. Okay, let's go to the Sabah. Ah, I can't do that. No, you got to go somewhere. These are our examples. Yeah. These people were wealthy, poor, but the bottom line, they were content. They had belief, and yes. they had sincerity. Yes. And so these are the main ingredients for us if we're trying to achieve some level of wealth and then have contentment with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's all right. I mean, what we said today, alhamdulillah, there's more. Explore. It's all in your books. It's all in our Quran. It's all in your action and your core belief. So, and, I mean, and, and it's all out of fingers read. I mean, all we, I mean, alhamdulillah, we live in the age, I mean, we make fun of Sheikh Google. But <laughs> honestly, you know, if, the, if, if you have the curiosity... The sky is the limit if you want to learn. I mean, we have the capacity to have, uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, khabar is not the same as ilm, like information is not the same as knowledge, but nonetheless, you got to, you know, without the information being there, like, you know, you're not going to uh, acquire the, the, the knowledge. And it's, it's, we just, we, alhamdulillah, you know, though we are in the, we are the muta'akhirin of the of the ummah. We are the latter people of this ummah, but there's still so much yeah. faddal, so much blessing that Allah has put in this ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, so the last part I'll leave us with yeah. that we depart on is this final statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in which he said, alayhi salam, he said, Men lazimal istighfar, the one that continually makes uh, istighfar or asks Allah mm -hmm. for forgiveness. جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَهُ مِنْ كُلِّ ضِيقَ Allah Ta'ala will make for that one a, a makhrijan, a, an exit out of every ضيق, mm. every tightness of the chest, mm. right? وَمِنْ كُلِّهَمْ فَرَجًا And he will make a, a, a relief from every, every difficulty and anxiety وَرَزَقَهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ and he will pro provide for that one through a means and a way that they did not calculate. Mm, mm, mm. Right? So that will also put this one. But that's a beautiful one. Men lazima al-istighfar. In the istiraha or in the terminology of usul al-fiqh, when a thing is lazim, it's like wajib. Mm. It's like mandatory. So the one that legislates for his or herself to constantly seek Allah's forgiveness, astaghfirullah, 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 right? Lazim, all the time. Then for that one, ja'ala right? Min kulli Then Allah will make 
for the when you have that tightness in your chest, right? A makhraj, a way out. Mm-hmm. And this shows that one, and this is why I wanted to end on this, you can be the most devout Muslim. You can be the most devout believer. You will still experience from time to time difficulties in your life that can overwhelm you. And so do not think again, just as you cannot out-pray and out-worship your way out of being tested by Allah, mm. you cannot out-worship and out-pray your human nature mm-hmm. that Allah can overwhelm you at any time He chooses through those things, but then He's also given you, as we say, right? Allah has get, there, there, is, there are illnesses and there are cures for the illness. Yeah. <laughs> and so in the same way, Allah says what? I will afflict you with those things of what, as we say in Arabic, الدق في القلب. Tightness of the heart, the chest. But Allah says what? Make istighfar, repent. Ask me for forgiveness and I will make for you a makhraj. I will make for you a way out. And I will alleviate for you every hardship. And most importantly, because this is what I know what you're after, so I saved the best for last, okay. right? <laughs> I'm saying in the hadith, and Allah will provide for me where you never expected it to come from. You couldn't expect it. And that's happened too many times. Yeah, that's an amazing ayah. So inshallah, we'll put all of these in the in the show notes for people to uh, reflect on. So may Allah Ta'ala have mercy on Amen. us and make us the Ahl al-Dhikr, the people of Dhikr, Amen. and make us the people of Sunnah, the, those who, you know, yusalluna wa yusallimuna ala nabihi al-kareem, those who constantly make salawat upon Amen. him. And those who alladina yastaghfiruna, those who always yaltazimuna yastaghfiruna, those who make istighfar, asking Allah for forgiveness, they make it for themselves a legislated necessary habit. And inshallah Allah will give us the the makhraj from diq fil qalb inshallah and from ham wal gham from those difficulties. And inshallah most importantly Allah will yarzuquna inshallah from where we never ever Expected yeah. it to come from. Ameen, ya Rab. Ameen. Alhamdulillah. Well, that was a heavenly show. We do like the Hajjah. I know, right? That was. Right. <laughs> we put the smack down. We put the smack down. Now we gotta go pray. That's right. You know, so we can be Ab Muslim. You know, we don't <laughs> want to be. We don't. We don't want us. We don't sit here and talk some trash and then get in trouble. So, Alhamdulillah, we'll see y'all in the next episode. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum Assalam, Rahmatullah.